0: Welcome back to the Next Gen Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Amber Romero. Today we'll talk with Amber about her transition as a corporate employee, to owning her very own marketing agency. Uh, this is a really good episode for those of you who don't know what to post or how to post on social media. We'll chop it up with Amber about what platform she uses and what tools she uses on those platforms to kind of hack culture and gain a following, whether it be for your personal or your business brand. So thank you all again for tuning in to the Next Gen Podcast. Let's get it cracking. Morning, we have uh, Amber Romero, correct? Yes,
1: correct. <laughs> I, describe,
0: pronounce it correctly. Yes. Um, correct. So, if you would tell tell us about yourself, you know, where are you from, things like that.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Amber Romero. I actually live in Tampa, Florida, so uh, Florida native here, um, and I'm the owner of A Creative Co, which is a social media agency and I do like content creation for women-owned businesses. So yeah, that's a little bit about me.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, basically how I found you, I was literally scrolling through TikTok and my feed is crazy, right? And then I seen something that you posted. I'm like, dang, like This girl, like, knows, knows IG.
1: Do you, I was going to say, do you remember exactly which TikTok it is? I'm always so curious to see which one pops up in people's feeds. It's okay.
0: I do not remember, but I do remember seeing it. I was like, well, that's, like, a lot of value. Like, I'm going to follow. And then I seen your IG, and I seen all the content. And I would consider myself pretty, like, up to date with, like, features and whatnot. But I seen yours, and I'm like, okay, this is, like, professional for sure. So that's when I was like, you know what? I got to reach out.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely, I've been having a lot of fun on TikTok. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit, I skew towards the older side of TikTok. I'm definitely not Gen Z. I'm a millennial. Um, (laughs) So I was like, how am I gonna make this TikTok thing work for me? Like, am I too old to be here kind of thing? (laughs) You know, so I'm always interested to see when people uh, find me on TikTok. That's,
0: that's one funny thing too. Um, When you mention like a TikTok, it's like people finding like what they like to do on TikTok. Yeah. I know it's really funny, like to see like older people like <laughs> dancing and whatnot, but people like kind of make it work for them.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I tried maybe like one or two of the dance trends, and I was like, listen, it is just the new dance moves. I, have no r- I don't have the rhythm for it. I was like, I'm trying to bust old school stuff, and I was like, I just cannot do some of the new dance moves for sure.
0: I got you. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't know. <laughs> I tried doing like the uh, what are they like the uh, transition videos. It feels like it doesn't feel right when I do it. Like, I just didn't feel like, not that it has to be like super like you, but like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right when I do it. So I just, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I always mess all of those up. I've tried about a million times and I've tried a couple of them recently or trying to like stitch videos together perfectly. And listen, kids that are 18 got it on lock. This 28-year-old does not. So <laughs> I'm like, mm, it's not going to happen for me.
0: Honestly. Yeah. And it's, I think, actually, I think one of the videos you, now I remember, that you posted i think uh do you post with like the trending songs on your videos
1: yes yeah. i think that really
0: helps like the algorithm Everyone it always does talks
1: about. yeah and i always try and i mean most of my videos i am not gonna lie are like my actual voice or like a voiceover or something like that just because it's a little bit more educational but when i do um, use like doing some like the pointing videos, or if I do try to take some dance moves, I'm always doing like the trending ones um, just because it does boost you a little bit in the algorithm and it kind of helps out a little bit.
0: TikTok is the I know you're familiar with Gary Vee, right?
1: Oh, yeah, he I always...
0: love him. Same, he always talks about you know how like TikTok is like you can just pop off of like one piece of content, and that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Like, you see these yeah. teenagers going like viral yeah, over good. one video, and it changes their life because they can get endorsement deals, like new mm-hmm. followers. I mean, it's that. Nuts.
1: yeah, that happened for me because I was stagnant on Instagram for a little bit and while like I'm busy building other people's, um, social media platforms, I was like, I felt a little stuck in my own and couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And that's what happened for me. It like popped off and now I have like brand deals and, and craziness. I'm popping up in ads. I know it's like, I'll take it, <laughs> but it's, it, it's true though. It just, I went viral off of one video and then it spiraled and then, you know, here we are. <laughs>
0: That's nuts. So going back to your business, how did you, you know, I actually watched another video as well when I was scrolling and it kind of talked about your journey on becoming like your, your own business, right? Yes. And then exactly. I seen the caption. It was like, I do, I do business for boss bitches. Oh, <laughs> I yes. that, that was like one of the funniest things ever. Cause yes. like the culture is changing as far as business and like what is considered like professional, yes. like how we're changing the game. So like what made you want to go into business for yourself?
1: Yeah, of course. I can definitely like touch on all those things like you just talked about. Um, so for me, I've been what you call, Gary, we talks about this all the time, like a serial entrepreneur. Since I was like a little kid, everybody would be riding their bikes around and I'm like, no, I'm doing a lemonade stand. I'm going to get my toys. I'm going to sell them on the curb here. <laughs> I have done that since I was a kid. And, you know, just always like going into high school, I don't know. I don't know how old you are if you ever did this at your school, but the world's finest chocolates. Did you ever sell those like chocolate bars for adults? Yeah. For so. All the fundraisers. <laughs> I would win every single prize because I'm the one selling the most shit out there. So I was like, you know what, whatever. Um. So I just always had kind of a passion for doing my own thing. Um. But it really wasn't like I graduated college or like went into college after the recession. So it was like, that wasn't a thing you could do. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, really a real a real job you know and that way you can have a salary and benefits and things like that and i was never happy um so i still always had a side hustle always just tried to make money elsewhere and it just led into like more business opportunities for me so definitely there's more to the story but that's like the overall gist of it
0: that's crazy yeah so i'm 23 right and i'm a senior at mississippi state yeah. and so we did do the world's finest chocolate but like i was always the kid who would like eat them and then like try to bulk sell them to my parents I'm like hey if you just take these to work give yep. me two and you can I'll give you a dollar for like selling like five of them <laughs> it's
1: that's completely
0: terrible deal but
1: yeah oh no I'd be hustling anywhere and everywhere I went I was like it was so bad I was like oh well that so that's kind of always been my thing
0: gotcha and then so when you went to school what did you kind of know what, you, what was your major like did you kind of know like at the end of the day like hey I want to do business like I'm not film yeah. this
1: No, I actually didn't. So, like, my interests have always been in the creative field. I've always wanted to be in some kind of art form, like, for a while, um, photography, interior design, those were always my interests since a little kid. Um, Did jewelry making, scrapbooking, you name it. I was like, i got to figure something out, but I want to be creative. Um, And then I went, again, you know, went into college after the recession, so I was a pre-med major. (laughs) I was going to go be a physical therapist. I took chemistry and said, no, ma'am, like we're not doing it. (laughs) Switched to sports medicine, which is very similar and just still wasn't loving it. Um, Just wasn't my thing. So I was like, you know what? Let me try and find a career path that I can get a job in, but I'm more aligned with. And that's when I switched to business and picked up um, marketing. So that's kind of what my degree is in now. Um, But yeah, I didn't start that way. (laughs) It's okay to change your major, guys.
0: (laughs) And so are you going to the university of tampa i know we went there for like like a business competition now has like a really cool like entrepreneurial school or
1: yeah so i actually uh so university of tampa hella expensive it's like a private school but it is known for business so i went to the cheaper one usf which is like right down the road um so i went to just a public university nothing crazy but i went to usf because they're much better with pre-med So I was like, you know, I didn't, I thought about transferring to University of Tampa, but it was just so much money. I was like, you know, I'm just going to stick it out here at USF, graduated early. I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. So I was done.
0: I feel that. Yeah. And honestly, it's interesting too, like, this is kind of off topic, but like how big the, like the Florida schools are like that, I, that like goes over my head. Like, so here at Mississippi State, we're a division one school. Uh, We have about like 22, 25K, like looking at those schools, like 55, 60K, like, What is that, like, what's that like going to a school that big?
1: It's wild because, yeah, USF, when I went there, it was about 50K. Um, The cool thing, though, is it's, like, they have so many international programs. Like, we were an international hub. So, it's, like, you know, of that 50K, and we had, like, four campuses in the Tampa area. So, it's, like, of that 50K, it's kind of spread out. They have international programs, online programs, things like that. So, yeah, the school's big and there's lots of people and my big lecture halls before I got into my major like courses, there'd be like 400 kids in there sometimes, you yeah, know, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And then but finally, when I got down into my major and like really defined what I was doing, it was like 40 or 50 people, which is like a little bit more doable. But even then to kids going to private school or even maybe some of your classes it, uh that's still a lot of people, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the biggest one we have for business schools, like Taylor Auditorium, it's like yeah. 200, 300, even then, like, that's still, like, a lot of people, and, like, mm-hmm. so I transferred from a junior college, right, Okay. so when I first got here, I was like, oh, damn, like, how cool is that to walk past someone and not see them again?
1: <laughs> that, that's pretty much what happens every day.
0: <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so, like, when you get those classes, it's really different, too, like, especially, Like, when you're trying to, like, I noticed for me it was different, like, making that relationship with your teacher. The more so, like, they get paid at the end of the day. So, it's like, if you do your homework, it doesn't really matter to them. But if you, like, do or don't do it, like, you do you. Like, you're paying the money. But that's enough on that. On that, I I digress. Yes, I know.
1: I I could talk about college all day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did you, you like, know, like, hey, this is it for me. Like, I want to do this with my life instead of, you know, working.
1: Yeah. Um, So pretty much like when I got into corporate America, I worked there for like five years. It was a hella big marketing team working for like a staffing company, which I didn't even know what that was when I started there. Um, But I did like anything and everything in marketing. And I was like, this is too much. I got burnt out. Um, it It was a toxic work culture, but I didn't know what that was at the time. I was like, oh, I'm first generation college, really like hit the American dream, you know, making mm-hmm. the good salary, getting the good benefits. So I'm like, why am I complaining? This still feels weird. Um, and I just like, couldn't figure it out. And I was like, I should just be happy. And it wasn't at the end of the day. And you know, it boils down to like, I have too much attitude to work for somebody else. I was really <laughs> like, I have way too much attitude. And being able to, again, I'm more of a creative person. Um, I would have all these ideas. And the process that it takes when you're not working for yourself, like now, I have an idea, I go implement it. Whereas corporate America, they're like, okay, we have to get approved by Bob, and then it has to go up to Joe, and then it has to go to Susie, and it's going to take six weeks to do. And I'm like, for what? It's not going to be relevant anymore, especially with social media. Yeah. Um, So, you know, while I was working in corporate America, I had a photography business, still wasn't loving it. I was like, it's a great hobby, making good money, but it still wasn't it. And I finally transitioned into doing just social media. Worked for another small company, loved it, but I still didn't like working for people. I was like, again, I got too much attitude for that. And so I transitioned and started doing freelancing for other businesses and fell in love with it because it combines my creative side with my nerdy side. And I was like, there's also some money in this industry and I can make it work kind of thing.
0: Like this is it. This is it. Yeah. I was like,
1: I found it and I, you know, I have a passion for social media um, and I like seeing what kind of, where I can put my creative spin on things and then looking at the analytics and I'm like, oh my God, that worked or holy shit, that didn't. And Mm -hmm. seeing the end result for other business owners and helping them make money. That's my end goal. You know what I mean? So Mm
0: -hmm. providing the value. And then at the end of the day, like you provide value, more value you get. Yep. Exactly. but not in like in terms of like oh if i gotta do this for someone maybe i'll get this just like yep. just for the sake of doing it right. testing Mm-hmm.
1: exactly that's my motto it's like anybody i talk to whether you're a business owner your own instagram profile you should give without it's a gary Vee mentality to give without expecting anything in return and it'll come to you twofold like not that that's the end goal but it's just like help people out like i don't know why we got to be gatekeepers with stuff and that's kind of again, I'm like, success story here. That's what I do on TikTok. I don't hold anything back. I tell everybody everything I know kind of thing, you know? So that's just the way it goes.
0: What, like, I have a bunch of questions from that last little tidbit. That's- so, like, what yeah. is, what is, a like, a toxic, like, workplace, like, yeah. like, what is, what is that environment like? Like, yeah, what are some of like- the things you, like, see in your, like, red flag, red flag?
1: Yeah, so it's really funny because going back to it, when I first started at that company, um, you know, it was like a very traditional, like boomers up at the top, like old white dudes. Then you have like, <laughs> like kind of diversified. And then you go and look at all your coworkers. And it's just, first of all, the lack of diversification, which was ridiculous. And then um, going into the office setting, they're like, we're going to have an open office environment and there's snacks and there's, you know, a cappuccino machine and bean bags, And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, whatever. But then you get into it and you're like, these are weird, like trying to make you happy things, but the work you're doing and like the priorities are not there. So it was just like this weird um, imbalance almost. And then, you know, there'd be times, I'm trying to think back specifically, I try and wipe that time out of my brain sometimes. Um, But like they would, you know, like my managers, they'd be like, hey, how's this working? How's this process going? And I give my open and honest feedback I'd be like, this is working, this isn't, this is working, this isn't. And they'd be like, okay, well, you just have to suck it up and do it. And I was like, but no, 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 there's no more efficient way. And you know, and they just want to listen. And I was like, what's the, why'd you even ask me? You know what I mean? That kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Just- it's like, just kind of like playing a part. Like one yeah. of those things where it's like, you, you hold a meeting yeah. and like, everyone knows what the meetings about everyone's know it's going to be said. Mm -hmm. but like at the end of the day like no one says anything like you're just like any questions at the end and like no like
1: and when i would voice my opinion they'd be like and okay so and i'm like doesn't why'd you even ask for questions like what's the point (laughs) or my favorite when we'd have like hour-long meetings that could have been wrapped up in an email i was like are we just having meetings to look busy i'm like what's the point of this it could have been an email (laughs) you know so it's just small little things like that that it's just like it's all corporate ways trying to blend and keep up with not paying our generation enough and just like these weird it's just weird it's just all around weird
0: that's one thing I'm interested to see is like how we kind of um how we kind of come in um, in these new roles and like interact with people higher ups so, like I'm wondering if like more and more people will start like doing freelance work and like doing their own thing yeah. opposed to like going in and working with corporations and what have you
1: Yeah, I can definitely see it. And even for my company, um, like I'm growing and I'm expanding, I never want to have employees. Like I always want to have subcontractors and freelancers. I just don't believe in the employee mentality. I, I, again, I think it goes back into, yeah, I think it goes back into toxic, like a toxic work environment. I don't, I always want people to be able to do their own thing. Like this is, you know, this is my company. This is my business that I'm passionate about but I don't expect somebody else to have that same passion as me. I was like, I still want them to have their own hobbies. If they run a business, they can do their own thing. So my team is all subcontractors or other business owners. I just don't, I don't want to have somebody have to clock in at the beginning of the day and feel like I'm micromanaging, which I don't think I do. But again, I just don't want to fall into those pitfalls. You know what I mean?
0: That's interesting. I never like have heard that, that kind of perspective before, but yeah. I guess it makes sense. Right. Cause it's like, usually like these like quote unquote innovative companies, like no shots at anyone I'm dropping, but like Apple, like could be like, we just trust people in the marketing department to get their job done. Like we'll link up and talk back at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Like we don't tell them what to do. We, yeah. we tell them like what would be cool, but they have their own thing. Yep. And at the end of the day, we trust them to do that.
1: Yeah. And that's what I do with my team. I'm like, You know, we have certain deadlines that we obviously have to hit because we're serving clients, but I was like, I don't care if you do this at midnight or if you do it at 9 a.m. As long as it's done next week, I don't care when you do it or how you do it or whatever, that kind of thing. And it's just like, I dealt with the micromanaging and and stuff like that. And it was, I don't want to get into that, you know, and Mm -hmm. I don't want to foster that kind of environment moving forward. So welcome to to toxic workplaces. (laughs) Thanks for coming to the TED Talk. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for coming to our podcast. <laughs> so I'm
0: going to, I'm going to ask a, a really selfish question. So I'm going to ask you if someone was wanting to grow their brand, what would be the, the first three steps you would take? If yeah. you were someone out here trying to create content and do things you really love and post about that, what would you do? Like the first three steps?
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, and this is one, it seems self-explanatory, but it's the biggest hurdle to get over with anybody, any kind of business owner, any brand that I work with is just putting it out there, put out as much as you can, as often as you can, and done is better than perfect. Because what I've seen, I, you know, it's kind of a trend on TikTok, they're like, oh, this should have stayed in my drafts. And I'm like, no, 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 we should not have any drafts, you should be putting out any kind of content that you create, because you don't know what's going to pop off and what's not. Um, you know, that's kind of what happened for me. I would just start dumping as much content as your brain can handle and mm-hmm. then analyze what works. So that's kind of what happened for me on TikTok. I was trying a bunch of different things, um, in one video popped off and it happened to be my face talking to the camera. So I was like, you know what, let's try some more of these. And then the ball got rolling. Um, so that's number one, number two, is repurpose that content. So let's say you make, and I talk about this on TikTok all the time and it comes down from Gary Vee, you make (laughs) one video, figure out how to make that video work harder for you. Um, Or if you're not comfortable on video, do a blog post. Okay, that blog post has five paragraphs. To me, that's five Instagram captions. Now just find some images. That's like about 10 tweets, you know what I mean? So just like Mm -hmm. making that content work harder for you. And then my last one is show your face and show value. Um, even if you're, you know, my A creative co-brand. Yeah, it's a company brand, but I'm showing up half the time. I don't have makeup on half the time. I'm still in my PJs. It doesn't matter. Just like show your face and provide people with value. So those are my top three things.
0: All right. That's, that's interesting. So post the content, make the yep. content work for you and show your yep. face. Yep. That's one thing for me. I know my friend Sam's going to listen to this and get on me. He's been posting content nonstop for, like, the past two years. Yeah. And when he first started out, like, I'm not going to lie. It was – it, like, wasn't the best. I'll tell him to his face, like, bro, that's kind yeah. of ass. <laughs> like, it's not good. But now his stuff is so clean. I'm like, bro, where would you get this? And he's just yeah. like, just watch other people and, like, implement what you think is cool. Like, YouTube. Yeah. Like, Google. Yep.
1: yep. Exactly. And that's – I mean, looking back at my old content, I'm like, damn, that was awful. You know, like, everybody, <laughs> starts, some, or everybody starts somewhere. And, you know, it's just – again, that's why you just got to start because here's the thing is two years from now, you're going to wish you were, you had started two years ago. Um, and that's, so that's always my mentality with everything. It's not going to be good at first and it shouldn't be good at first. Like you really do have to figure it out and do it and make it work for you. So,
0: Mm -hmm. and that's another thing is, um, like getting over posting. Cause I know you have like, I don't know when you first started out, but like starting to post things more and more. Um, A lot of people don't feel comfortable being themselves on social media. And Mm -hmm. this applies to me as well. Like, sometimes I'm like, that'd be dumb to post. Like, why would I say that? And then I'm like, well, fuck it. I I like it. Like, I'm going to post it.
1: Exactly. And, you know, here's the thing, too, is uh, everybody struggles with that. I'm not going to lie. But now I'm just like, literally just do like countdown three, two, one, and hit that post button. Because even if that post, one, if you love it, you love it. Do it. Um, but even if that post helps just one person, it was valuable. You know what I mean? And Mm. there are my latest like TikTok video that popped off. I got so many trolls in my comments and I'm (laughs) like, but you know how many more people found value out of that video? It's worth it to me. Like, listen, I'll take the hate. It's totally fine. Like in half my TikToks, people comment on my acne. And I was like, you know what? that's just a self-reflection to you. I was like, I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. in my own skin. I don't care. People are here for value and that's what it is. And I'm like, you know what? You guys can say what you want to. That's facts. Yeah, you just gotta, just post it though because helping just one person is worth it.
0: And I kind of look at it like if someone takes time out of their day to go and post on your post and like talk mess about you, like talk shit, like honestly, that's a reflection of them not to sound corny, but like that's literally, (laughs) I kind of feel bad because I'm like, bro, like you literally, Got on a social media app. Yes. Looked on your feed, seen my posts, commented on it, and said mm-hmm. some said some hater stuff like how exactly. like that's kind of like I feel bad for you, bro.
1: Yeah, I was like, you know, I never do that except for like with my racist family on Facebook, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but like people that pop off in my comments, I'm like, I'm out here trying to make money. Like I'm not gonna take the time and energy to go comment something negative negative on something I don't agree with, like. And the people that leave negative comments or have something to say, sometimes I'll even take it a step further and I'll either reply to them with a video showing them compassion or um, I'll send them a DM and be like, hey, so sorry you feel this way, you know, whatever. How can I help you? And like, and then what happens is they open up and you realize that they have a problem with themselves or they're struggling with something themselves. So it's like always just approach it with compassion. People are just hurting, you know, that's all.
0: That's facts. But sometimes I have the time of day and I'm like, you know what? Today oh, yeah. at Poopy Face underscore ten, I'm on your head. Like I'm <laughs> Yeah. I know.
1: There's definitely don't worry, I still um what do they call them? The fairy comments, I think is what they're called. Like when um you comment on TikTok, like you're supposed to be you're saying something like really, really mean, but then you put fairy emojis or like little I
0: don't
1: know. I do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do that all the time
0: too. Yeah. That's so petty. Yeah, I was like, well,
1: comment back, you know. Um, so it's just you know always showing up with that compassion, but again, if people say stuff, it has it's not a reflection of you. It's a direct reflection of them. So just post what you want to post and move on with your day.
0: Facts. And speaking of speaking of foot posting, yeah. Do you see any platforms out there that you think like, hey, this may be the next thing or like the next big.
1: Yeah, I honestly, now that TikTok got bought out and hopefully it sticks around, I still think there's so much growth for TikTok alone. Um, there's only like 3% of business owners on there. And listen, I know business owners and marketers, we ruin everything. We really do. <laughs> I was like, we'll take over a platform. Um, but I know Instagram is trying to make reels work. I don't think it'll take over TikTok. I have basically tripled my follower count in the last two weeks, just posting on Reels. Though um,
0: I've so, seen that. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like I've seen your yeah. thing. today. It's like an eight k, and yeah, when I first hit you in- up, it was like two something.
1: Yep. I was gonna say about um, I would say like two weeks ago, I was at like the two and a half k mark, which I've been at all summer. I was like, I've been fluctuating up and down. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. Instagram's not my place right now. I'm gonna serve on TikTok. Um, but I started posting Reels. I'm up to eight k, and my goal is to hit ten k by the end of the month. And Ooh. so. Listen, reels, it's awful. It's God awful. But am I going to exploit it? You bet I am. So I was like, you know what? So (laughs) there's opportunity for growth there. Um, But other than that, I don't see any new technologies. Like I've been approached by a couple different um, brands and companies that are trying to start platforms and I've played around with them and I'm like, nothing's hitting, you know? I think only if mine made a comeback. I could see Vine doing really well. That would be crazy.
0: <laughs> could you imagine like all the people, like the nostalgia people hopping on there and like trying to make I would. things work?
1: I know I would. Um, Cause that was my, that was like literally TikTok before TikTok. Um, mm. And everybody complains about doing videos 15 seconds and under. I was like, Vine was six seconds. That's all you had. You and know? there's
0: some crazy, Like, there's literally people famous off those videos, the Pauls, everything like that. Like there's six seconds is not a lot of time. It's people.
1: not, it really isn't. Um, And then I would say another next big wave, YouTube kind of dipped off for a little bit, but I think they're going to start doing some really cool things. Um, And I think a lot of people are going to transition over there. I know I'm one of them um, because I get so many comments on my TikToks. Like, can you please do an in-depth tutorial on YouTube? So I think what's going to happen is people are going to view the short content, whether it's on TikTok, whether it's on Reels, and they're going to want more value later down the road. And Mm -hmm. I think it's going to, YouTube's going to pick back up again.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Oh and it's, it's kind of weird too, like seeing how people consume the content on different platforms, yeah. like Facebook, obviously everyone knows, like that's older people. Yep. I'm sorry if anyone is my family and they're older and they feel type away. <laughs>
1: no, I tell everybody all the time. I was like, I'm only on there for my grandparents and that's about it.
0: And then, yeah. And then IG, Instagram, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, people are, that's pretty much everyone. Right. Yeah. Um, And then Twitter, I think Twitter's really good. I don't know, like, the about that. That's good for, like, blog posts and whatnot. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, I'm not a huge Twitter person, only because it's not where, like, my target client is. I say mm -hmm. Twitter is so good for anything politics, anything sports, or anything that tends itself more to the male side of things. It is – the users are predominantly male. Um, You know, comedy, anything entertaining. um, (laughs) But for, like – because I'm more of a visual person – Twitter's not my spot. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously TikTok younger people, honestly, Snapchat, I don't really see a lot of like good feedback on Snapchat. That's more like personal, like day-to-day stuff yep. for me personally. I don't know about like how yours or anything like that is, but
1: yeah, um, I, I mean, I obviously before Instagram stories was a thing. I tried to make Snapchat work for my business, but they don't have, like, this discoverability or virality or search features. So tick- or uh, Snapchat I just use for personal use. I was like, I don't see any brands doing good on Snapchat. Unless they're paying for those, like, featured stories or what I don't even know what you call them.
0: Those are so it's- cringeworthy. That Loki makes me mad. Like, when I'm, like, scrolling through someone's content, like, bro, I'm not trying to save five dollars a week and get this credit card
1: I know I was like oh my god I was like I think they're all, it's awful I was like oh my god I don't even know why people waste the money on that stuff I don't consume it and I don't know anybody else that does on snapchat so
0: all right So, if anyone out there listening got them snapchat <laughs> so, ads
1: yeah, I was like just and it, they're expensive they're so expensive and I'm like just go put that money in tiktok and even though it's cringy on tiktok too um there's more user eyes like you're gonna get way more brand awareness like what was the one eyes lips face? I hated that trend. Like the that's so
0: that's so fun. <laughs> Why do people it. do that? I don't understand that.
1: I hate it, but listen, it is so much brand awareness, whether negative or positive. Like it, it worked. You know what I mean? It was cringy, but it worked. So I don't know. I'd say dump money in TikTok right now.
0: It's that Tiger King business model, you know? Oh. Yeah,
1: I know. Oh my god, it's so bad.
0: Uh, so going back to business, when you first started out and you were kind of like freelancing, yeah. what was that like getting clients? Was it kind of like you already knew people because of your previous jobs, and you kind of said, "Hey, I'm doing my own thing now"? And
1: yeah, I mean, a lot of it lended itself. I'm not gonna lie, there is a back end to either freelancing or business, um, especially when I started doing it. You had to do a lot of in person networking, um, going to the meetings doing the happy hours, like doing all the stuff. I'm extroverted. So I tend to, I used to do a lot more of it. So I had a pretty big network. Um, And I was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time, which is the smallest, biggest city in the world. Um, So I knew pretty much anybody and everybody in my industry. But then, um, you know, obviously with the shift onto online and even with Corona now, you have to build relationships online. And what I mean by that is you need to be getting in the DMs you need to be commenting back. Like, that's how I built my business. And that's how I built my brand is that, um, you know, it's relationship building. And everybody's like, what's the secret to getting clients? And I was like, relationships, you it takes time. Um, so even if it's a cold email, like cold emailing used to be a thing where you're like, Hey, I have this to offer you in exchange for X, Y, and Z. But now it's providing value in the comments, just reaching out to people, Um, you know, so that's kind of where I had to start is using my network and using the relationships I had built. And from there, I had to do a lot of free work. And I'm not gonna lie, it's just like, that's what it boils (laughs) down to is you have to do a lot of free shit before you get paid money. Um, You know, and you always increase your rate, like, okay, I did this for free. Now let's do it for $100. Okay, I did this for $100. Now let's do it for $200. It just takes time. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Is it kind of like the, as far as, you know, growth, it's like kind of like a TikTok thing where it's like, you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And finally one thing pops and it's like, everyone starts to come in for business.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what happened for me. And, you know, it's like some people have told me, they're like, oh my God, you look like you're an over success or overnight success. And I was like, no, no, no. I've been an entrepreneur for eight years. Like I've had a business for eight years, not a creative co, but other mm-hmm.
0: businesses. doing things. i
1: yeah and you know this is my first time seeing anything like this as far as awareness goes and i'm not famous i'm not a public figure um but it's the first time i've gotten attention to this caliber and i was like i've been doing this for eight years so it might look overnight to you uh it's not to me so you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i always tell people that and give them that caveat of it just takes time just figure out what you love to do it's going to be trial and error slowly increase your rate and just go from
0: there. Gotcha. Okay. And that's, that's one thing. So, um, recently I've helped co-found a digital marketing agency. Mm -hmm. However, we're working with realtors, right? And so now we're doing like 360, uh, virtual tours, like taking pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to get, you know, customers in and we're finally like seeing like that snowball effect. But when you mentioned going back to like getting out there and speaking with people, Mm -hmm. um, literally one of my best friends, Sam, went to a like 15 minute discussion yesterday and like talked about social media and like how to you know get out there and you know granted the audience for real estate that he was talking to was like the youngest person probably like 40 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and like providing that value and we've gotten more positive feedback from that than sending literally over thousands of cold emails.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's there's this transition in. It- of business right now and I'm sure you're seeing it too is that anytime I meet somebody new obviously it used to be in person but now it's mm-hmm. online um just approaching people with how can I help you not can can you help me um mm-hmm. so you know there was always this thing I don't know if you have studied like traditional business stuff but like the elevator pitch where you're like yeah. oh, my God, we have 30 seconds to talk about yourself I don't talk about myself normally if I have an elevator pitch scenario I'm like Hey, what's your business? And I'm like, Oh my God, I love that. Always be genuine. Don't be disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, what does that mean? Like, if you don't know what it is. And then I always leave with value again, leave with value. So if I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, Oh my God, this would be a great post. Are you on TikTok? Like, are you on Instagram? You should try this. And then they're like, okay, what's your name? What do you do? And that's how you start that relationship. And that's how you introduce yourself. That's how you get clients. But always leading with value and how you can help the other person.
0: That's tough. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, like to add on, like that's perfect. Like people can smell, especially like older age people, like who have been in the game for so long, they can smell BS when they see it like right off the bat.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And it's gotten to the point now where um, any incoming client that I have, like in the beginning, they'd always ask my experience and for a portfolio and um, you know, they want to know the nitty gritty and what they're going to get now. People are like, they don't see my portfolio before they sign on the dotted line. There's just enough people talking about me or they see the proof and proofs in the pudding, uh, that I'm going to do a good job for them. And they don't question my value anymore, which again, takes a lot of time guys. And I'm sure you're starting to see that with your son. Let
0: these people know
1: (laughs) (laughs) that thing. Like I'm sure even with your company right now people are seeing your work or enough people are recommending you that they don't need that validation they already have the social proof there um so you know just get your face out there again post that post it just goes back to the same thing just put that value out there
0: this is a, this is like an off-topic question like what's the funniest prereqs someone has asked you for like before doing business with you like i've had people say like hey i need a list of your top 10 biggest failures <laughs> like some yeah. some goofy shit. Like, hey, I, like I, I don't know. Like, what's your biggest like?
1: I'm trying to think. I think it probably boils down to like, um, people have asked me how I'm gonna communicate with them, which sounds weird, but they were like, um, no, I need your personal phone number so I can text you. And as, no, 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 that's not how we do business here. No, ma'am, I used to do that. Don't get me wrong, but they mm. were like, um, no, I need access to you on the weekends and the evenings. I said no, and they ended up obviously not booking me as a client. I'm trying to think about any um other really funny ones I don't remember off the top of my head but it's more so like that communication thing they think that they are my only client and that I'm gonna text them all the time and I said no ma'am I have to shut that down <laughs>
0: that's that's one thing that's crazy too it's um so obviously we're, we're like not as far as you are in the game so it's like kind of finding that balance of how much access a client has to you when like doing like freelance work to try to build a business Cause when people pay for something, especially social media, they expect immediate results and that's not how it works at all. So Mm -hmm. it's like, they're paying for that. They expect like, Hey, we need this, 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 and this done.
1: Yeah. And to be honest, when I first started out in the freelancing game, I would just take any client, like everybody's been there, good, bad, ugly, like whatever you take, any client you can get. And now I've set myself up. um, And I always tell people in the very beginning, if you can set yourself up in this way, please do so. Only work with the people you want to work with. Listen, I know I've been there. We're all desperate.
0: Yikes.
1: (laughs) Really only work. And the gurus say it and I didn't listen. And now I feel like I'm in the position to tell people, don't take just any client because the one that pays you the least amount of money, the one that bugs you the most amount of time is the one who's going to want the highest results and is going to make you unhappy in the end. And that's not why you're freelancing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So now I can flat out within first five minutes of a conversation with somebody a potential client i can tell if i'm going to want to work with them or not and i will flat out tell them on our 15 minute call like hey not a good fit here's so-and-so um you know there's just, yeah there's indicators that i can see just because that check is not worth my mental stability or the problems that person's going to cause me i and do this to leave to that, that culture i'm not yeah, trying to bring I, this home and work exactly with <laughs> Uh, Don't get me wrong, I have been there in my freelancing journey and I've had to fire clients and clients have fired me. Like, it's going to happen. But the number one trigger for me is like, um, so I really, really care about my follower account. And I was like, oh, no, you're gone. Sorry, I got to go. Bye. You're not a client for me. Let me write
0: that down real quick.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, That's a no for me. Keep going.
0: Dang, that's crazy. And that's one thing too. So as someone, you know, I'm a broke, cheap college student at the moment. Yeah. So I know when someone's cheap, <laughs> you know. I'll, they'll ask this, that, and the third, and that- then want that, you know, so that's yeah, good but- though. You know, asking about the follower count.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's my, my key like question. Obviously you can spin this to any industry that you're in. Um, it's, Hey, what does success look like for you on social media? That's a question I ask everybody. And if they tell me 10,000 followers, 60,000 followers, this, then I was like, you're not a client for me. But if they say, oh, I just want to get my brand's name out there. I, you know, really want to create cool content. I'm like, ooh, that's a client for me because they're in it for the long haul. If you're looking for short-term results on social media, um, they're the kind of people that are going to go buy followers. You know what I mean? And mm. I'm just, it's not, not the game for me.
0: That's correct. Okay. I actually, I might write that down. What does yeah. success look like for you? That's, that's tough.
1: Because it, it really shows people's true colors and what their intention is. Um, you know, again, you could do that in any any industry for like the realtors you're working with. Like if I was a realtor, I'd be like, so what does your dream house look like? Like what'd you decide? Like, what is a dream house? Because then they put forth their priorities and like what matters to them. Um, you know, for I'm trying to think, like a, a chef. Like you can even you can do it with any industry, like describe the last meal you'd want to have you know, that kind of thing. It puts people's priorities first and can tell if you want to work with them or not.
0: Interesting. And it shows, you know, like showing people if they're short-term or long-term, like kind of their mindset. And if they're short-term, you know, it's going to lose in the end.
1: Yep. And there are certain industries that lend itself to doing short-term work. I'm not in an industry that I think it's beneficial for short-term goals. Uh, you know, I'm in an industry, I'm like, it's for the long haul. It's definitely for the long haul.
0: Let them know. Let them know. And if you would, what is your, what is your Instagram? Oh yes, or- my
1: Instagram is a underscore creative co. I've been trying to get a creative co. I hate that I have an underscore in it. <laughs> Some dude has it with no posts, and I've been like DMing him at least once a month since I got the handle to try and get it from him, but he won't give it up. So yeah.
0: that's tough. Can't you like um, message Instagram after like a specific threshold of like followers and say like, hey, I need that blue check mark.
1: No. uh, So with it, so the blue check mark is really interesting. So TikTok, there's still, I'm still trying to figure out how people get it on TikTok, but Instagram I've seen, um, like I have a really good friend of mine. She's a local news anchor and she, um, has a blue check mark, but only has 14,000 followers. So people really think it's your follower count and it's not, it's making sure you have enough proof and media out there to prove you are who you say you are. So again she's a news anchor so she has media coverage. Um, uh, you know, they can verify her personality and that this account matches who she says she is is what it boils down to. And then obviously it's hard to get a blue check mark if you have under 10k um, but it, people think it's like you reach a certain number of followers you get it and it's like no, it's just verification means you are who you say you are and this is the only account like this kind of thing.
0: Interesting. So your time's coming then, huh? You're waiting on that, that blue check mark.
1: Well, see, I need some more big press opportunities. I was like, of course, I love doing like podcasts and stuff like that, but I need to be featured in Forbes. You know what I mean? Like to get the blue check mark. Mm -hmm. I'm getting there.
0: That would be tough. That would be tough. So um, I'm probably going to wrap this up. I know you got a, you got a meeting here in a few, and I don't want to like hop off right before your meeting. Um, Is there anything else you want to, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, just to kind of wrap it up. um, I always tell people just figure out, you know, this is kind of so woo woo, but figure out what you hate to do and figure out what you love to do. Um, You know, I went through so many trial and errors of like trying to figure out um, like, oh, what do people want? Uh, What kind of business can I create? But I'm like, it boils down to doing what you love to do. And you'll find a niche and you'll find a business and you'll find an opportunity, you know, so don't like try and like change yourself, really figure out what you love to do, and your opportunities will come. So, Lobo left there for you at the end. Damn. Yeah.
0: Ebook in <laughs> the bio. Ebook in the bio, y'all.
1: I know, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, so I'm gonna.